Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this week's edition of On the Mark with yours truly, Mark Carmen. that's right, we were hanging out with The Bachelors, Dustin Kendrick, Tyler Cameron, Mateo, and Clay Harbor, Ashley Young in to talk about it, and the headliner sitting down with D&Q, Darius Miles, Quinton Richardson, the Knuckleheads podcast joining the On the Mark podcast. It's a big time On the Mark starting right now. Before we get to Darius and Q, Ashley hasn't been on the podcast in a long time. First of all, why did you leave me? Um, I think that was a Mark decision, no? No, definitely no. not. You just I'm just, excited to be back. Let's not worry about that. No, I want to talk about it. You, you've gotten a major promotion at Fansided. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What's your new title? I am the director of social media. And how does that benefit me? It benefits you because we're going to make you uh, Instagram famous. We're trying to work on your thirst traps get you up on the gram uh, okay. you don't seem to want to take my advice but you see where have i not taken your advice a couple i've taken a couple pictures i said you should post really it's on the gram you're okay. a twitter guy but i'm trying to convert you to instagram all right, all right. i'm gonna follow your lead i'll do everything i'll try to be better I'm, but you see how it took off for our, our new friends the bachelor boys how they do on instagram uh, they're they're incredible i i do want to be i want to be tyler i want to be dustin i want to be mateo clay clay is the one clay, who i didn't miss <laughs> i'm sorry clay clay harbor former nfl guy mm-hmm. just to set the scene all these guys were in town for the Chicago Marathon. Mm-hmm. And if you don't watch The Bachelorette, which I don't, but have in the past, these guys were all contestants trying to win the heart of, what's her name? Uh, Hannah B. Hannah, Hannah Brown. Hannah Brown. Hannah didn't pick any of them, although I think her and Tyler were a thing for a second. They were a thing. Everyone thought she was going to pick Tyler, and she ended up picking someone else. I also don't watch the show, but it turns out that guy had a girlfriend, and she shot her shot on live TV and was like, Tyler, actually, you know, you want to get a drink sometime? And he was like, nah. And he was dating Gigi Hadid, supermodel. And now he's just launched into super fandom. Fandom? Fa- that fandom works. Fandom? Fa- fandom works. Didn't she, did she not admit to sleeping with one of the dudes four times in a windmill? I don't watch the show, but I think there is some truth to that story. I believe there's truth to the story. Four times in one night in a windmill. I don't. I didn't even know the windmills had beds. It's a very. It's a big accomplishment. No. No. No judgment, by the way, over here. No. Wait, no. No. Yeah. You should live your dream, Hannah. Uh, and what was his name? The guy that had a that lied and had a girlfriend. That pig. Oh Doesn't matter. He was. He was trying to be a music star, but like his only claim to fame was he did a dog food commercial. Yeah. Well. That's his big one hit. Well, now and and the windmill experiences. Yeah. He's got to be in there. These guys were in town to run the marathon mm-hmm. and continue to build their brand. 
And our great Bruin, one of our contributors, reached out to Tyler and somehow made contact. Is my understanding of how this all went down? I have no idea how it came to be, but essentially there's like some beef going on between the guys. Who's the best basketball player? So we figured we'd get them all together, and we brought them to Roosevelt University. Go Lakers. Thank you uh, to our friend friend John Jaramillo over there Mm -hmm. who allowed us to uh, get in the gym and live the dream. And so we're out there, and me and you are dribbling around, you know, just getting some shots up. And then these guys start to show up. Yes, who shows up first, though? Clay Harbor showed up first. Who's a sizable man. Played in the NFL for six seasons, got all the muscles, great abs, every bit of it. And I, I did some stretching with him. You were keeping up, yeah. Was I really keeping up? No, I was not. They weren't. No one's listening. They weren't there. They don't know. I was trying to like cover for you a little bit. The mark is about honesty. Honesty. Okay. I mean, I was doing my best. I was trying. You you did try. Yeah. Yes. Right. He's he's just a big dude. So they were playing one on one. Right. And I thought that Clay and I actually were getting along. Great guy. I I, I didn't put him on like you know a ten foot tall pedestal. Maybe just like a three foot tall pedestal. So I mean, he was you know he's. MNFL guy and he's the he's was in the bachelorette and you know clearly a little bit um, you know more polished as a presenting himself human than I am so <laughs> so so I was giving him the love yeah. uh, and then Dustin came in mm-hmm. and so Dustin's like 36 year old dude not in the NFL like played 36 some, really at 36 I had no idea wow so wow you just looked crushed that he was that no old. no I just was like assumed everyone was like had a million Instagram followers was like kind of my age that makes me that's 10 years older than I am so I got 10 years to like up my Instagram clout you know yeah and I don't want to you know um, jump ahead to the, the the punchline here but you actually like Dustin the most of any of the guys is that accurate I'm not gonna play favorites I don't watch this show, so I went in only kind of knowing Tyler. Yeah. And Dustin was very friendly. I thought he was very personable. Right. Clay was great. They were all great. They were, they were all, all great. great. Ashley's afraid. I'm just saying, if we had to do some power rankings, I think Dustin would come in at my number one. He was my number one, too. I thought he was the most relatable. I thought he was in the spirit of the shoot. Mm-hmm. He jumped in and refereed. He did, he, yeah. I mean, he, and he he competed. So we got him all to play two on... Actually, all, we got him all to play one-on-one, and we did some drills. I had him run the three-man weave. You did. Which was amazingly enjoyable. And they all were so quick to jump in. Like, you never know what you're going to get on a shoot, and these guys were so much fun. They were really quick to do all of your ridiculous, like... Well, drills and, and you all looked at me like I was nuts. What are you gonna have him do, Carm? You're gonna have him do the spider and the figure eight and the, the three men. The spider. Carm is lined up with these dudes in a was line, it, I hope teaching them how to do the spider in a referee shirt and Chicago Bulls basketball shorts with no drawstring, if I remember correctly. That is true. The would, jumper was a risky move on Friday. I I was worried that the pants or the shorts rather were gonna <laughs> fall down, and I was worried that that wasn't gonna go up. But I thought that the I, it did. I, yeah, we'll see how. Did we do even video? Did that make it onto Instagram? Any of that stuff? We can't. You gotta space out the content. Space out the so at some point leave it the will. People wanting more. I have it. It's archived. Okay, I need to see that. I know. Maybe some people reach out. Let me know what you want to see: the spider or the weave or. I, I mean, I there was see- some like impressive stretching going on i got a little of that okay i I mean i want to see all of it but the reason why i really want to bring this uh well there's a million reasons why i'm bringing (laughs) this up but so we had these three guys there dustin mateo and clay and we were waiting on tyler ye of the three million followers i think it's 2.2 million on instagram and he was flying in from paris and so we had to go through customs and 
whatever else travel on a Friday, getting to downtown Chicago, a lot was going on for Tyler. So we were waiting patiently for him. And then he walks in. Now he's bigger than I thought he was going to be. See, I thought he was smaller than I thought he was going to be. Okay. I, I mean, this guy was huge. I, I, he was six, huge. He was like 6'4". Six, six, no. He was a big guy. No. Dude. He no. Would, he, he had... He was more of a football player than a basketball player. Okay. And, yeah. And, I mean, he was fairly, he had a very nice broad chest, Ashley. I'm going to put that I in. I noticed. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and he, I mean, he was, this was a, he, he told me a story. I, my, that uh, when he was playing his first ever basketball game in high school, he started a brawl and got suspended for six weeks because mm. he cracked some guy who was going up for a layup. So, but my point is that I've never been around say Brad Pitt or <laughs> or Tom Cruise in his right. prime or Clooney. Okay. Tyler Cameron is the closest that I've gotten. When he walked in, I was like, whoa, who's that guy? Thank you. Because we were trying to explain to Carm who doesn't watch The Bachelor, he's like, who's Tyler C? I don't get the hype. And I was like, it's a big, big deal. And he walked in and it was like, does it make sense a little more now? Yeah, it, it was like there was a glow coming off him. And I felt so incredibly inferior to this dude. I couldn't even talk to him. And, and like right now I'm saying like Dustin was my favorite. Maybe because I couldn't even get words out to this dude. Like you're just way too good looking to even speak to I could to. not believe he was standing like next to me. I've never been starstruck. You were starstruck by I Tyler. was almost like shell-shocked I think is a better word than starstruck. Because I wasn't like, oh, that's Tyler. I was like... What is Tyler doing next to me in a gym in downtown Chicago? It was probably the most bizarre moment in my working life. Did you speak to him? Did you say anything? No, absolutely Did, no. I was like, mm, what am I supposed to say? You, I'm never at a loss for words. I'm a pretty not. chatty person. I, but I also was kind of like, it felt weird being the only woman there too. Being like, you, I don't know. Just everything felt weird. It was weird. You you didn't want to. <laughs> like, you said something. You felt like you'd be flirting with them, and you didn't want to flirt with them. I don't know. Not not flirting, but it was like I was gonna say, "How was your walk over from the hotel?" Like I didn't even know where to start with the small talk because when someone is famous, you know so much about their life. Tyler, thanks for coming. Like, we really appreciate it. How I, I literally was like, "Hey, like thanks for coming. That was fun." But I wasn't like he was like, "Do we have any water?" And I was like, oh, "We have no water." Tyler needs water. <laughs> he needed water. We didn't properly hydrate them. Oh, that's true. So we that didn't. was our one interaction. Where I was like, "Oh no, sorry, man." And then I you just told went on my way. Tyler Cameron, "Oh no, sorry, man." Uh, I Bruin said he would get. And Bruin, Bruin ran. got some Gatorade for Bruin, Tyler C. Yeah, well, I bet Bruin ran right out. He Bru- did. Bruin is the most helpful guy in the history of the world. Uh, so, the takeaway from hanging out with guys from The Bachelor: I have three. Okay. Number one, if you ever get the opportunity to be on The Bachelor, do it because you may not. Would get- you do it? Oh, 100%. Well, not Whoa. now, not now. But if when I, in my single days, mm. of course, uh, I'm not yet married but we're down to 48 days here but i wasn't paying attention what these guys do and i did over the weekend courtesy of you and hunter and wherever they show up because they're on the bachelor there's a thousand women who all want to go out with them so even Mm -hmm. if you don't get the one on the show which you're not going to get most likely you're there you're you just upped your profile to the to the zillionth power Mm-hmm. You just became the most sought after dude going. Yeah. He was on The Bachelor. So, like, a friend could tell their friends, I'm dating a guy from The Bachelor. You want to be on The Bachelor if you can be on The Bachelor. I would never want to be on The Bachelorette or Bachelor or whatever it is. Never. Well, but, you, but it's different for women. You don't need to be I on get... the. That's a totally different game. A, a man on there, it, it's, a, it's a stamp of approval that women just simply don't need. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my judgment. Okay, okay. And num- number two. 
which I, I was surprised by. Mm. All these dudes spoke to having fun being on the show. Like they loved the other dudes. What was the best part about the show? Oh, I was just hanging with my buddies. I loved being with my like Mateo was in, in love with everyone on the show and then Dustin was in you know, he's gonna go get his guy Tyler. Like they're all they're all kinda boys, so to speak. So I would have I would have thought that, you know, all the dudes are kind of competitive with each other and no one is friends. Mm-hmm. But it actually turns out that they made some friendships on there, which like, is kind of nice. Yeah, and once you're in the circle of like Bachelor Nation, you're friends with people, even if you've never like met them or they weren't on your season, they're all friends. They all show up to events. To, like you're in. You're, once you're on the show, you're in this community. It's a life-changing mm-hmm. thing to be on The Bachelor. A reality TV show where you get a rose that's the most ridiculous thing ever, but it's a mm-hmm. life-changing thing. So those are those are my top two takeaways. And my, and my last takeaway is that they are actually better looking in person than they are on the show. They're all tall. <laughs> they're all they're it's like a different it's a different I'm like, oh, well that's why you were picked cuz you just don't look like the standard dude. I don't know why I needed to see that in person to actually have that crystallized, but it's like, oh, of course, these are the ones that are getting chosen rather than but they all had great personalities, too. They were fun to yeah, look but they, at, but, but they, they were all very personable. Yeah, and they were tall, and they all worked out, and they all had... I mean, it, it, it was a, it was a com- complete... Pack. I don't know. Have, you have those things, right? You're, I don't know. You work out. I w- you're I, an avid gym goer, tennis I, player. I would submit that my personality is actually greater than any of the there four. So I think it's more about the looks here, Ashley, than the personality. <laughs> Dustin had a good personality. The rest of them were, they were of, of fair personality, but they weren't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be clicking on their podcast to they hear their thoughts like, brought, you are on, on the mark. They brought the group average up, for sure. They brought our average up. They brought our average up. What do you mean by that? Like, collectively, if, like, if we were walked into a room, right, you say someone's like a perfect 10. Oh, yes, They brought, like, exactly. our, our fan-sided right. group average up. They, they, we were... Not that we were hurting, but they brought it up. Yeah, right. We weren't hurting, but rising tide raising all boats. We were a boat that was was <laughs> we, we we they <laughs> lifted us me. up. Well, maybe you're not in that, but myself and and what Hunter. What a good looking crew. We are. Oh my god! I don't know. Now I'm doubting everything. Have I looked in a mirror? I mean, not you, Ashley. Thank you, but, thank but, you, Mark. You know, we're going. Now around. I'm just fishing I'm for just, compliments. I'm thinking about uh, you know. I'm thinking about Matt Verderam. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm kidding, Verderam. Edit this out. Stack in the box tomorrow. All right. Good to see you. Give me your number one takeaway. Just give me one from the, the Ashley Young takeaway from hanging out with dudes from The Bachelor. I think my biggest takeaway is of all of the media events that I've done, athletes, actors, politicians, whatever, these people were by far the most comfortable in front of the camera, which blows my mind because they're just like people off the street. Like people who are in front of a camera every day for their career were not as comfortable as these like average human beings who had normal lives a year ago. Yeah, they were hunting for the cell phone and the camera. Who they wants loved to- it. They loved being in front of that camera. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool how just like comfortable they were. They jumped right into their like TV mode. It's an addiction. It's like crack cocaine. Get me in front of that camera. Give me that microphone. Somebody take a picture of me on their phone. Ashley, good to see you. Always, Mark. Thanks for having me back. Up next, my guys, here they are. Q and Darius Miles, The Conversation. It's the Knucklehead Podcast coming to On The Mark. Q and D.
quite a thrill this morning. The Players' Tribune hooking us up, working with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson right here. I love the podcast, The Knuckleheads. It's phenomenal. If you're not listening, you're not living your life the right way. We got Kobe. We got Ron Artest. We got Gilbert Arenas on the second season. Guys, great to see you. Phenomenal work on the podcast. You're making people's lives better. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us, man. Q and D. This is not the plan back when you guys were hooping that you'd be sitting there right now doing a podcast. How'd this come to be? Man, it really, uh, I think, uh, I think it just, we kind of like fell into it, man, with the, with the success that, uh, both of us had and the big response from our, uh, individual player tribune stories and articles that we did. Uh, we were sitting around with, with, uh, a couple of the guys, Chris and the guys from the player tribune trying to figure out what we could do next. And, um, we kind of stumbled onto this idea and gave it a shot, man. And it's something that's, that's, that's turned out to be something that we we couldn't even imagine. Like prior to us doing it, I had never listened to a real podcast or even knew that there was a, a, a lane for rankings and all of these different things that go along with it. So this was this was all new to both of us. Yeah. Well, and, and Darius, I mean, for both you guys, the podcast or your your play, your piece in the Tribune, the Players Tribune was so raw that I think that's why it got so much traction. Like, you could really feel both you guys in there. Was that uncomfortable for you to speak as honestly as you did? Yeah, it still is. It's, it's uncomfortable to speak on the camera and microphone right now. You know, but uh, you got to do stuff that makes you uncomfortable to, to, to achieve much more goals that you're trying to achieve. And uh, that's what I was trying to do in the sense of everything that I was doing. Did you guys appreciate it when you saw the reaction? I mean, like, oh, my God, I'm putting this out there. How's it going to be received? But then everybody's like, oh, I love these two guys. I mean, I know it was separate when you put it out, but that, that was basically the same response. Yeah, it's, it was definitely overwhelming. You know, uh, it's humbling. Uh, it's a blessing, you know, that uh, we had so many people who rocked with us back then and rocked with us still now. For me, it was something that uh, that made me realize more, like, you know what I'm saying, that I should go out and speak more to kids at schools and, and colleges and things like that because the reaction that you got from individuals and then going into different arenas and seeing some of the current players and getting a reaction from them, saying how they felt it and how they could relate to certain things, you realize that you are not, you know, I mean, you realize it before that, but once you put it out there like that and you see that strong response, you realize that you do have a, that your story can reach and impact people and help people in a good way. Well, and you both care a ton about where you're from, right? And so there's there's guys coming up right now that I would think you'd both want to have an impact on. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, me being from, from the inner city of Chicago, knowing how tough it is to, to make it up out of there and knowing, you know, knowing the things that I had to go through and knowing how tougher, how much tougher it's gotten since I've, you know, come through there and what, what kids are going through now. They're going through a lot worse things than I went through when I came up. So for me to be an example like that, somebody that walked those same streets and, you know, we got a kid at, at Whitney Young right now that's one of the top players in America and he's going to Duke and, um, that makes me feel proud to know that, you know, that we're continuing it on and going on and on with what we did and what we started when we went to Whitney Young. And those kids, everybody that comes through there, they get to see the jerseys and the banners that we put up and they know that they can do the same things. Yeah, uh, well, my high school, you know, they went in, uh, my basketball team won uh, state last year. The football program has been amazing for, man, I want to say the last 15 years or something like that. Uh, they always rank so uh, just to see the school and the kids like get to another level 
of when I first got to that school because the first high school I went to merged into the high school. So now it's like uh, to see it and see where it's at now, I'm very proud of. Yeah, you guys have a Mamba mentality on, on the on the season two. What what did you learn sitting down with Kobe? He's a he's a psychopath when it comes <laughs> to basketball. Like he's a real serial killer. He's like Dexter. <laughs> he's real calculated. He's you can understand him more than I did before I uh, sat down with him. Yeah, he's probably one of the one of the most calculated and uh, intelligent hoopers. You know what I'm saying? He's on another level with his with his intellect and his his smarts, and then how calculated he is with how he sets everything up that he wants to get done. He's he's super calculated. You can see that. Does the Mamba think he's better than MJ? Because I I believe deep down in the Mamba Mamba mentality, he's got to think that he is. Absolutely, he he knows. He's no question. Him. I mean, he wouldn't be he would he would not be Kobe otherwise. And, and I think it, that's just that's what makes each of those guys who he is. I mean, if you sit with MJ, I think it's no question. MJ, you know, he'll tell you I'm the best ever. And uh, I think Kobe, no doubt about it, believes the same thing. He if he had his chance to play anybody one on one and 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 settle those cases, I think he'd be game. You know, MJ's pissed if he's watching this right now. I don't think he is because I think MJ knows it too. And I think MJ feels the same way. So I think I think they both – that's why they both are who they are. I think MJ, if he could play him one-on-one in his prime, MJ would want to want to get his shot at him too. I think I think they both are the same way. I think that's why they they are who they are. I, I think MJ admires, like, like what Kobe became and what he is. You know, so I think the respect factor is there. Uh, so I, I, I think it's – I think he wouldn't be – Slide it from it. Yeah. What does LeBron have the same thing? He's like a uh he's, he's to me he's a different caliber player, you know, uh off the court and on the court. You know, I don't feel like he's in the uh he's he's not the type of player of Kobe and Mike. He's he's a, he's his own different type of player, more all around. Off the court, he more outspoken, uh more of this generation. Uh he's he's like the leader of the new school. Mike and Kobe, they, they did a lot of their stuff like behind the scenes. People don't gotta know that I'm yeah. doing this or and so I feel like they two different ways. I feel like Kobe came up under Mike to show and that's why more of his style and ways are more Mike, you know what I'm saying? Even on yeah. and off the court, he learned so much from Mike, man mysterious, you know, stuff like that. But uh I think with LeBron, he's just uh he in a new school. He kinda he kinda Outspoken, he's with the uh, social media stuff, uh, with his shows, you know, what he's creating and what he's doing off the court. And on the court, he play a whole different style. He's more uh, all around. Guys will say, though, that he doesn't have the same killer instinct as those two. Is that fair? I, w- I, would, say, I would say LeBron has, has put himself in a different situation. And I think when you look at when Michael was coming up, it, and, and you had Magic and Larry that were the best. Mike outgrew that situation, and he put himself in a situation where he had to be who he is. And you look at Mike as, as, as Mike. I think LeBron put himself in a situation where obviously he came up and the whole time it was, is he going to be Michael? And his game, he, he never was the Michael Jordan type of player. He was LeBron James. He is LeBron James. And I think he put himself in a position where he doesn't need to be compared to Michael or Kobe. I think he's going to, at the end of the day, 
he's going to be right up there with those guys. It's always going to be different debates, and people are going to say who's the best. My personal favorite of everybody is MJ. That's me. But, I mean, you're going to have a million people say LeBron. you have a million people say Kobe. But I think the best part about it is that he's overcome and he's overachieved as far as, like, all of the loftiest goals that they have for LeBron. He's overexceeded and he's overachieved all of that. And he's done it without a blemish, yep. on the, you know, on the side of attention and things like that. So, for me, I think we just salute that and celebrate that and stop. I mean, I think he's at the point where you should stop trying to compare him to Michael, Kobe, or, you know, all of those guys are who they are. And when you put him out Rushmore up there, I think they all will be up there. Yeah, it's a blessing for him to to be mentioned with them type of guys. And, uh, you know, uh, all of us want to be mentioned with the greats. And uh, for him to be mentioned with them, is, you know, it's, it's bigger than life. I've seen him come in and to see where he at now, it's, 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 I love watching. Who's the best team in L.A. right now? Clippers. <laughs> that's a that's a tough question for me, man. Because I'm 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 a Clipper at heart. But I mean, when you look across and you see, and that for me it was it was before they even added everything they added. For me, once I saw LeBron and AD team up, it was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they did a good job of putting pieces around them. I felt so. I feel like they do have a solid team. I look at the Clippers as they they are kind of already the made product. I, I look at them as being a better regular season team, but I think in the finals or the champ, or when, once you get to the playoffs, if you have a, a Anthony Davis and a, and a LeBron James, I think the rest of the league is kind of in trouble. If those two are, are healthy and clicking on all, all cylinders. I think they are, you know, when you look at Paul George and Kawhi, I love them. I love them. And I, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get to a series and they beat them. I just think right now, I'm going to go with the, with, with the you know, with LeBron, with what he's done over his career, with the course of his career, then having this young horse to ride out, and with the other pieces he got around him. If those guys stay healthy, I, I th- those are my favorite. They, the Lakers are my favorite to win it all if they stay healthy. Uh, me? Uh, uh, of course, I'm biased. So, uh, I'm definitely with the Clippers. Uh, I definitely respect LeBron and AD and what they bring to the table, but I just feel like uh, I'm just with the new energy of the – the Clippers organization as a whole and their team and, you know. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. I'm a Clipper. I am a Clipper. I love everything with what the Clippers have done and all that. I'm, I'm rolling. When it comes down to that, I'm rolling. I'm just, I got to be honest when I when I say the, what I feel about the pick. And that's right now. I mean, you know, we know it's a long season. Things, a lot of things happen in the season and things change, so we'll see. How do you think Russ and James are going to get along. I mean, here's a guy who was like, you, you were coming off the bench when I was young, and now i got to come in and fit in with you. Does that work in, in Houston, in your guys' mind? I, I think so. I think uh, them are, are two amazing guys. Uh, I think James with the scoring. I think Russ with the all-around everything. I think it's going to mesh well. I think uh, the way D'Antoni uh, was kind of playing them, like uh, starting to play them together the first and playing them together the fourth and kind of let them flip-flop through the rest of the game, I feel like it's going to keep the energy up all throughout the game. And Russ basically doing the same thing Harden do, just not scoring as much. But I feel like he's going to still be getting triple doubles. Like they both won't be able to do it together. It's been done together so many times that people don't know. Like the people – Two people can get triple-double in the game at the same time on the same team, and I feel like we're going to see a lot of that by them 
this year, and I feel like with them, their friendship being so close, that I don't, I don't feel like it's going to be hiccups like that. Yeah, for me, I feel like the thing that, that you know, the people on the outside looking in don't, don't give enough credit to is that in all situations in the NBA, whether it's a superstar or two superstars or whatever, like when you have guys, these guys want to play together. These guys have already have a friendship and a relationship. So right there, that alone is the that's the biggest part. I don't care what whether you think they match up or they go together. The fact that they want to play with each other and they already have a friendship, that kind of trumps everything. I mean, because the same thing could be argued, oh, is KD and Kyrie going to work? They want to play together. That's what makes it work. Those are two ball-dominant guys, too, but nobody's asking that question because they want to play together. And I think with Russ and, and James Harden, as, as talented as they are, I mean, we've seen it then when they, I mean, obviously they were two different players and, you know, standards were different back then when, when they were playing with OKC, but they've shown even then James was the was the was the calming factor between KD and and, and and Russ. He would come in and handle the ball and distribute and, and you know get each other the ball. So I think I, I think it's a little bit overblown about how are they gonna work. I think that won't be the real issue. I think the real issue would be can they beat the Clippers or the Lakers when it comes down to it and some of those other teams in the West, are they strong enough for that? I got, I got two more for you. I appreciate the time. You, you mentioned KD, so I want to ask you about what he said recently, which was that dudes coming up now, they don't look at the Knicks like you did back in the day, and that's why we're playing for Brooklyn. Is, is that true? Do you think the guys like that the Knicks are just, you know, I don't know, some regular team that is no longer the, the big cachet in the league? I don't think it's just like the Knicks. Like, it's just in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, the. Uh... Everybody don't get the longevity. A lot of these kids don't remember that. Like, a lot of kids remember us. Like, we was the Barclays and and Ewans and all that stuff of the league. And, uh, you know, it's just as age goes on, you know, we 20 years, we, we 15, I mean, 20 years removed from a lot of that era. And uh, I think they, you know, these days, any slight thing anybody say get taken blown out of proportion. Yeah. But I don't think no harm by it. He was just saying the real. Like a lot of people, uh, it's not about the legacies. It's, it's not about this. It's not about that. It's a, it's a great fortune that the Lakers can hold on to their legacy as long as they did or, or so forth. Um, kids don't remember a lot of them players. You know, it's more of the current players, the early 2000 players are, are getting praised more than the, the 90s. And that's just how it was when it was in the 90s. You forgot about the guys in the 70s and the early 80s. You know, so it's just generational thing. And I uh, I think people just take it out of a portion like he's shooting shots, but it ain't a shot. Yeah, I think if you listen, I listened to the whole interview, what he said on there. He gave he actually gave a lot of love and props to the to the Knicks and the organization and the fans. But I think he was absolutely speaking truth when he says this is a different generation. I mean, when we grew up, you saw the Knicks and the different teams they had. Well, not just the Knicks, just in the NBA teams literally had their core for five, six, seven years. You yeah. knew those teams for like the six, seven years. You know, little pieces would get changed, but the core group of guys, that that's not this generation. Look at just what happened this summer. Like, guys went everywhere. So, so what he was speaking to is that the teams, if there were even any teams that got viewed at that point, if people are looking at the Warriors now as that team is just the, the standard because they are the recent, you know, they want to be with Stephen Curry and all those guys were. So he was, I don't think he was taking a shot saying, hey, the Knicks aren't, but he was just saying that 
in this league, it really that really doesn't exist anymore. Like the the team that you just gotta go to, you know. Like yeah, the Lakers have kept their gold standard because Kobe stayed around for so long and they were able to win a few more championships in the middle of all that. But it's really I don't really view the team view the league as having that gold standard team that guys are just gonna flock to because of the team. Guys are gonna go where players are where they want to live now it's a lot of different factors that go into those things so i think it, that's what he really meant it was a different generation and you know i mean that's that's new york city man you there you there you know how it is it's, it's, it's you know he says something like that and it's gonna just take off like a lightning rod no doubt you guys know alvin gentry well is, is zion in the right spot for himself some people think that alvin might be a player's guy but maybe a, a little too lenient you, you both know him well what would you say I think he's in a great scenario, man. I'm happy that, that he landed there uh, in New Orleans. I think New Orleans is a great city for him. Uh, I know everybody wanted him to go to New York. I was afraid for him to go there. I think uh, being in New Orleans as a city and Coach Gentry, I mean, I played for him as a rookie, played for him later in the league. I think uh, he, he's, a, he's a perfect guy to start off with Zion and, and give him a chance to have a great career and a great start to his career. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh Alvin Gentry is a, is a player's coach, and he's definitely a young guy's coach. You know, uh, just how he had us when we came in and uh, the, the coaching staff that he's been on around the league uh, on his journey. And to be here now to get somebody with so high caliber, so young, I feel like uh, he's going to put him in the best position to succeed. D and Q, they both averaged 10, 5, and 2. Q got to play a little bit longer because Darius, you, you, had, you had the knee injury. You guys start your podcast with this, but I want to end it. Who? Let, let's start with you, D. Who who busted your ass for the first time? Uh, the, 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 it's a bunch of them, but the uh, the first one that really touched me and I felt was uh, Chris Webber. He was like jumping hook, jump hooking me to death, like <laughs> like this jump hook. I was trying to time it, you know, because I got hops. So I'm like, man, I can get there and get there, and I couldn't get it. I think he ended with like 34, 36 or some shit like that. He was <laughs> Sacramento King, Chris Weber, too. For me, uh, like you said, I talked about this on the podcast, but uh, for me, it, it, it was kind of good to hear somebody else say this, too, though. So for me, it was Rashawn Lennon. Rashawn Lennon, when he was the Denver Nuggets, this was like in preseason, my rookie year, got in the game. I started this game. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I'm about to start. I'm like, Shh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Deshaun Leonard, like, you know, whatever. I'm the, I'm the young boy, not really knowing, not respecting it. And, man, that six-minute timeout, I came out the game, sat down. That man had 17 <laughs> in the first minute. And it was a combination. It was the altitude. I was gassed. And then he was going to work. He had post-game. He had jumper. He was hitting three, lifting me up, going around. I was sitting there like, it's Deshaun Leonard. Like, he ain't supposed to be the one, but then I felt better because we just had, when we had Ron, 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 um, Artest, who's a great defender, he was the name he brought up and mentioned, so that made me feel a little bit better. But people sleep. Vashon Leonard was a real killer out there. That's great stuff. Props to you, Vashon Leonard. D&Q, so awesome to see you. C- congrats on the podcast. Keep rolling with it. People love it. The Knuckleheads and, and great work with the Players Tribune, too. You guys are giving back, and uh, it's just it's just awesome to see you today. So thanks for the time. I appreciate you for having us, man. Thank you.
My final thoughts. I want to give a shout out on final thoughts today to all the runners at the Chicago Marathon. Now, I was not running one day. I would like to climb that mountain and actually participate in the Chicago Marathon or really any marathon. And maybe I need to start with a half marathon. But this is not about me. This is about the runners that I saw yesterday. And I was trying to get my way across the city. So I was almost forced to watch the runners and then had to dart in front of everybody to get across Well Street yesterday afternoon. But for those who were running out there, for people, for just for yourself is great, but for somebody who was sick or someone who had been injured in some way or you're running for a cause or you're running for a late whoever... It's really just, there are a few things in life that I can just show up to that are like the marathon where you can just see somebody running with a sign and I can feel the emotion flowing through me. Congrats big time to those who went 26.2 miles on what was a beautiful day for running, but a little chilly at the start. I give you so much props for getting up early in the morning and training and running 10 miles one day and running 14 miles and running 16 miles, all building up to the day. Marathoners, you guys are absolute superstars. And some of the signs that were held up yesterday from wine now to the actual vino later, as funny as pick cute butt in front of you in front of you and follow up and follow it that was hysterical a lot of the pictures making their way on lines it's always a great day in chicago the sunday of the marathon props to everybody who ran props to everybody who supported and yeah final thoughts today thumbs up to you chicago marathoners you all are awesome and thank you for listening to on the mark which of course comes out every monday afternoon Thanks to Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson for being on today, Quint, uh, Ashley Young as well, Richard Durante for his uh, help, and yes, please subscribe, tell a friend as uh, the podcast is really, I mean, come on, it's the best podcast you could ever find. On the Mark with Mark Carmen. we'll see you next week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.